Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today here at New Promise Church on Facebook Live. We hope you had a great week last week and we're looking forward to a great week this week. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to hear God's voice? Of course you have, everybody has. No one's not gonna say no. I think even the most ardent atheist wants to hear the voice of God that is, if they believed in God. And it's wonderful because God gives us several ways in the Bible that we can hear our God who speaks to us. You know, hearing the voice of God is so important and, and so imperative that uh, seven times in Revelations 2 and 3, God says, let him who has an ear hear what God is saying to the church. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church, which tells us that because God is asking us to hear Him, that means we have the ability to hear Him because God never asks us to do anything He is enabling us to do or equipping us to do. And it also tells us that God speaks in our lives in various ways, situations, and circumstances. And it is so important that we hear God in our lives because it's from God's voice that we get our bearings and our balance, our guidance and our direction, encouragement and inspiration in life. Now, over the next several weeks, we're gonna be looking at several ways that God speaks to us. And this morning, what I wanna do is I wanna start off by looking at how God speaks to us and how we can hear the voice of God in prayer. Now, I could start off in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, that says Jesus often went to the private place of prayer, or we could start off in 1 Thessalonians 5, where it says constantly be in prayer, never ceasing to be in prayer, pray, pray without ceasing. But what I want to do this morning is I want to start off in 1 Kings 19, when Elijah went to the private place of prayer and he heard God whisper his name. You know, I love that, that phrase. He heard God whisper his name. Now, Max Lucado wrote a book called When God Whispers Your Name, and in his book he said this, in the story of Elijah, you find that the inspiration to believe God's already provided for you, strengthened you, and will keep you headed in the right direction, and your life will forever be changed when you hear God whisper your name. And I think that is so true. I think if you look at Elijah, he was, his life was so changed when he heard God whisper his name in the private place of prayer. You know, the story of Elijah is intriguing to me. It's always been interesting and fascinating to me because it starts so abruptly. It's like, bang, Elijah's on the scene in 1 Kings 17. And, and what he's doing is he's proclaiming that there's going to be a drought for three years, and there was a drought for three years. He, uh, fed, he was fed by ravens. He raised a widow's son back to life. Chapter 18, he faced down 450 prophets of Baal, that would be prophets of Satan. He mocked them and mocked Baal in the process, and he won in that confrontation. And it says that the Spirit of the Lord came on Elijah in great power. This guy was knowing nothing but victory. He was doing nothing but winning. And then all of a sudden, in spite of all of that, chapter 19 comes, and he's exhausted, he's stressed out, he's freaked out, he's tired, he's scared. 
And I think to myself, how did he get there? How did he get so scared and tired and stressed out and, and exhausted and everything? I mean, he had never lost in any of the confrontations. He knew great miracles of God in his life. And yet even Elijah got exhausted and got stressed out. He grew weary in well-doing, so to speak. And I think to myself, wow, that, that means there's hope for us because we can get exhausted and tired and wearied and freaked out and stressed out by the world that we live in. And so I look to Elijah and I say, okay, how can I learn from Elijah's life in my life, in my relationship with God? And so what I want you to do this morning is I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19 and we're going to read starting at verses 3 to 5. Uh, about how Elijah, when he was stressed out, he prayed and it helped him to refocus his faith and get himself off of his fears. And I think because sometimes we, we focus our faith best when we're stressed out and when we're desperate and when we're exhausted. And Elijah is no different. In, in 1 Kings 19, verses 3 to 5, it says this. It says, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, which is actually a short tree. I've, I've seen them over there. It's a broom bush tree. And he sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. He said, Lord, I've had enough. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And then he laid down under the bush and he fell asleep. You know, the first thing I learned about Elijah and his experience with God is that sometimes when you're, when you're stressed out, when you're exhausted, when you're just at the end of yourself, the best thing to do is sleep. Sometimes the best thing we can do in our lives when we're stressed out is go to sleep. Even doctors will say that. Doctors will tell us that sleep is a natural stress reliever. And so sometimes it's pretty hard to get to sleep when you're stressed out over something. I understand that. But still, like Elijah, sometimes the best thing we can do is kind of like when we're stressed out, we kind of like blow ourselves out to God, so to speak. And then we just go to sleep. And, and it helps us, it prepares us to hear better from God in our lives, just like Elijah is about to experience as we keep reading. Let's pick it up in verse 5, the second part of verse 5. It says, Then he lay down under the bush, and he fell asleep. And all at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there was by his head some baked bread and uh, that was baked over hot coals in a jar of water and he ate and he drank and then he laid back down again and the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said get up and eat for the journey is too much for you so he got up and he ate and he drank and strengthened by that food he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Mount Horeb the mountain of God and there he went into a cave and he spent the night And the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and they've put your prophets to, the, to death. 
with the sword, and I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. And so then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? It's a fascinating story, a, a fascinating account. We can learn so much from it. The next thing we learn is that God will meet us wherever we are but he's going to strengthen us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to take care of us. You know, twice the angel told him, get up and eat bread and water. Twice, bread and water. Get up, Elijah, eat bread and water. Sounds like prison food to me, bread and water. But how, whatever the food, it strengthened Elijah and God provided for him. And what God provided for him naturally, it seemed to strengthen him even supernaturally in verse 8. You know, God never leaves us in, in a weakened place or a weakened position. God might find us at our weakest points. He might meet us at, at our great weaknesses when we're strung out and stressed out and everything else, but God never weakens us. I mean, life might knock us down and wear us out, but the God of the Bible is always building people up and strengthening them from Genesis to Revelation because God loves us. And just like he did with Elijah, he, he does that with us too. He says, what are you doing here? I'm going to meet you where you are, and I'm going to lead you to where I want you to be. And so God calls Elijah to go to the private place of prayer, a meeting with God, Mount Horeb, which is also Mount Sinai. It's the exact same mountain that God met with Moses back in the book of Exodus. Uh, one side of the mountain is called Sinai, and the other side of the mountain is called Mount Horeb. I don't know why, but it just is the way it is. And so I find it fascinating that the same place God met with Moses and God passed by Moses is the same place that God meets with Elijah when he whispers his name in what was and what became that private place of prayer. And he shows him contrast to Elijah. He shows him uh, an earthquake and wind and fire, earth, wind, and fire. It sounds like a band from the 70s and early 80s, I know. But it, it sh he shows him the earthquake and the wind and the fire. They're very loud. They're very noisy, but they were the wrong frequency. God wasn't in those things. They were the wrong frequency. God was in the still, small voice, the gentle whisper that he mentioned his name. A gentle whisper that hardly makes any sound at all. You know, sound waves are interesting things. Um, sound waves, there's five different types of sound waves, and Bose sound systems have developed incredible technology uh, to, to show us how they work with sound and move sound waves around and stuff. But there's five different types of sound waves. One is audible. You can hear it. The other is subsonic. Um, it's, you can sense it. You can feel it. 
Um, it can cause pain like the, the Cubans did at the U.S. Embassy down in Cuba. I forget if it was back in the 70s or 80s, but, but the, the people there, they couldn't hear the sound, but they kept going home with headaches. It was because of subsonic sound waves that they were feeling inside them. Or you have ultrasound, ultrasonic waves that project the imagery of little babies in mother's wombs and, and everything. Or they can also be used to crush kidneys with sound waves, ultrasonic waves. Or then you have supersonic sound waves, which is when an Air Force jet breaks the sound barrier and you hear that boom, that's supersonic sound waves. And then you have infrasonic sound waves, which is actually, uh, it's what seismic anomalies are, like earthquakes or volcanoes. When the tectonic plates are moving deep within the earth, they actually project infrasonic sound waves that you, you can't hear them with your ear, but they can be detected by a seismic uh, a seismometer, uh, seismic anomalies and things. Now, many people make the mistake thinking that God only speaks in really loud, spectacular ways, like, like lightning and, and thunder and earthquakes and wind and fire and things like that. And those things are all noisy, they're loud, but it's the wrong frequency. We, he, we see here in Elijah's life that God is speaking to Elijah in a gentle whisper. Now, now, the word whisper is an interesting word because it's subsonic sound waves moving air around while barely making any audible sound at all. A whisper really isn't, you know, to be a true whisper, it really hardly makes any sound at all. It's, it's really just like moving air around without really using your vocal cords. And the intention is it's for very private, personal, intimate moments. Kind of like when, when, a, when a husband will whisper into his wife's ear or a wife will whisper into her, her husband's ear or, or when a mom or a dad is holding a baby and they'll whisper so quietly into the baby's ear how much they love them and, and how they're going to take care of them and protect them and provide for them and everything. Well, that's what God was doing with Elijah. He was whispering to Elijah, and Elijah could feel it, if not hear it. He could feel God whisper his name and speak to him um, without barely making a sound at all. And in Hebrew, verse 12 is actually uh, translates as a still, small, silent sound that God made a still, small, silent sound to Elijah. Now, silent sound, that's counterintuitive. It doesn't make any sense. If it's a silent sound, then it's no sound at all. But, but what it is, is that's why the English translates it as a whisper. Because God was speaking to, to Elijah in very gentle, quiet, barely audible ways. We might say it like this today. To hear that still, small voice within us. Now, it's not actually an audible voice, but it's that feeling of God's Spirit speaking into, into our lives today, giving us guidance and comfort and counsel and encouragement and direction and purpose and inspiration in our lives as God whispers our name, so to speak. That's, that's what Elijah felt within him when God whispered his name and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
What are you accomplishing? God was saying, I've got more for you to do yet, and you're doing great. And, and what are you doing here, Elijah? You're down, you're discouraged. There's no reason to be. I'm here with you, and, and I got you this far, and I'm going to get you the rest of the way too. That's essentially what God was saying to Elijah. I think God speaks to us in the same ways today, but we have to have ears to hear our God who speaks. So I think there are five things that we can learn in summary about hearing the voice of God in the private place of prayer like Elijah did. And that is number one, I think God always responds to us when we pray. No matter if we're streaked out and free, or, or stressed out and freaked out, or if we're fearful or faith-filled, I think every time we pray, I think God hears us, and I think God responds to us like he did with Elijah. I think sometimes it'll, it'll be similar to Elijah. I, I think God was there with Elijah and just let Elijah blow himself out, get it all out of his system, and then he fell asleep. And God never left him, was right there, just waiting for him to, to calm down and, and get some of the needed sleep that he needed to get in his life. I think God's the same way with us. I think God will, will respond to us when we, pay, we pray, and he'll be cool, calm, collected, and in, in command and control, and he'll just wait for us to get all done, and then he waits for us to calm down, settle down. He might even let us go to sleep, and then the next day, he starts whispering our name. He starts speaking to us. Number two, I think God may call us away to the private place of prayer in order to focus our faith to the frequency of his voice so that we feel, if not hear, God speaking to us. And I, I think sometimes, um, it's, at times, it's been nearly that same way in my life where, where God, in the midst of, of chaos and confusion that's going on around me, I'll hear, I'll feel God's still small voice say, Rory, you need to get away and go find a corner, go find a quiet place, and, and you just need to settle down and focus on me and, and let me speak to you. I, I remember when, when our daughter Mariah, when she was a baby in the hospital, going through all of the problems that she was going through, and people were telling us that she was going to die, she only had a couple hours to live, things like that. In the midst of the chaos and the confusion and all of the fear, frankly, um, I just started feeling God say, she's not going to die. It was very calm. It was very cool. It was very in control. And it was very kind of almost commanding, so reassuring. In spite of everything the doctors and the nurses were saying, in spite of everything that Mariah's body was, was exhibiting, the evidence, in spite of all the evidence, I just knew that I knew that I knew she wasn't going to die. Now, it doesn't mean that I wasn't fearful. It didn't, doesn't mean that I didn't like what I was seeing, and, and it was freaking me out as I felt kind of standing in between two worlds. But I know that I know that I felt God reassuring me, say, Rory, it's going to be all right. She's not going to die. In fact, I think it got to the point where every time a doctor or nurse said that, I felt that opposite. I felt God's spirit speak the opposite to me. They would say she's She's only got a couple hours to live. And I would feel the Spirit say, she's not going to die. And she didn't die because she's a beautiful 25-year-old young lady today. And there's been other times in life where I felt in the moment God saying, Rory, say this, don't say that. Do this, don't do that. That type of thing. Uh, in the moment of chaos and confusion, there's been tons of times where I've heard God or I felt God say, it's going to be all right. We're going to be just fine. 
And then there's been times where God has called me away and wanted me to go to the private place of prayer to get away from the chaos, get away from the confusion, so I could be reminded that God is still and always is in complete command and control. Um, in the police academy and in interpersonal communications classes, um, they teach a way of speaking which is called uh, tactical talking. It's, it's how to take control of a situation and to calm things down by talking quietly. Even if the other person is screaming at you in, their, in your face, you just speak so softly, you speak calmly, you stay in command and control, and you can literally defuse a situation and bring the decibels level down by simply not trying to out-yell them, but just trying to talk tactfully to them, calming them down. I think that's what God was doing with Elijah. I think Elijah was probably losing his mind a little bit and kind of blowing himself up, and God kept his cool and did some tactical talking to Elijah, saying, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah's yelling at the top of his lungs, and God's saying, Elijah, what are you doing here? And so, Elijah, or so God brought Elijah to his level, to his level of communication and of being reminded and reassured that God is still in complete command and control. And I think in the world we live in today, with all the chaos and the confusion and the rioting and the COVID-19, all of that stuff, I think we really need to hear and be reminded of that today, that God is in complete command and control and that we're going to be all right through the times that we live. And I, I also think that as we pray, we, we not only refocus our faith to the frequency of God's voice so we can feel it, but I also think that means that sometimes we need to unplug so we can plug in. We need to unplug so we can plug in. Unplug from all of the distractions in life so we can plug in to hearing the voice of God. And for me, what that means is sometimes I, I like to have music on a lot as I work and even as I pray, it, it inspires me and stuff. But sometimes I need to turn all the music off. I need to turn my, my cell phone off. I, I need to just be in, in total silence. You know, I, I grew up in a loud family. I'm kind of a loud guy. And, and I don't mind that. I like that and everything. But sometimes it's just so nice to sit in silence and think, almost in a deep meditative state, just hear the wind blow. I, sometimes I just go out to the country somewhere and I, I sit in my car or I take a chair and I just sit out uh, in the field or something and for an hour or so and I just, I just unplug from everything. You know, about once a year I'll go away for about three, three or four days and I'll, I'll just go on a prayer and fasting retreat and it'll be water bottles, a Bible, a legal pad and that's about it. And I really unplug from the electronics and everything else because I want to unplug from the things that would distract me from hearing God's voice in my life. You know, the poet John Doan, he wrote that I neglect hearing the voice of God for hearing the noise of a fly. Read that again. I neglect hearing the voice of God for hearing the noise of a fly. I think to myself, how many times do people not hear the voice of God because they're so distracted by their daily lives? 
I mean, maybe you've been there, I know I've been there, when sometimes life just gets so distracting with so many things going on. I mean, we, we really live, it's such a fast-paced world now, it's so easy to get so distracted by all of the voices we hear on the news, on the radio, in music, people talking to us, cell phones, texting every two seconds, things like that, emails galore all over the place. It's so easy to get so distracted by our daily lives that we, we don't hear the voice of God speaking to us. And what God is saying is exactly opposite of how we normally live. God is saying, unplug from those things so you can plug into me. Don't be distracted. Tune your frequencies away from those things so you can tune the frequency of your faith towards the frequency of my voice so you can hear me speaking into your life. I mean, if what, what do you think it would be like if you made time every day and then part of every week where you simply unplugged from the distractions of the world so you could plug in and tune in to the frequency of God's voice. What, what do you think would happen if you just took a, an hour uh, once a, a week or a half hour once a day and, and it was just you and God alone somewhere and maybe you take the Bible and you just read in the Bible or maybe you just sit there quietly and meditatively and you just, you just let your mind go as you're waiting to hear God whisper your name, so to speak, and, and speak to you. I think we would live much more calm and compassionate and frankly courageous lives. I think it would change our life the more we heard God speaking to us. You know, sometimes I, I think hearing God's voice in prayer is kind of like being a ham radio operator or working with an analog radio where you had to ch tune the dial every now and then, and every now and then you got to adjust the dial because it can get staticky. I mean, I wish it was, you know, digital radio is so easy, you just press a button and there's the station. But back in the days of analog radio, you had to tune that dial because every now and then it would kind of go out of focus, it'd kind of go out of tune, and you'd have to keep tuning that dial. I think that's what our prayer life is with God. I think our prayer life, we'd love it to be digital, but I, I think it's analog. I think we, every now and then, we have to tune the frequency of our faith to the frequency of God's voice because so often God's voice can just get a little fuzzy, a little staticky in our lives. So as we, we go into to this week, I think if we tune the frequency our, of our faith to the frequency of hearing God's voice, it'll help us at home, at work, in a few weeks when we get back to school. It'll help us in church and it'll help us out there in the community and in the world we live in today. With everything going uh, on today, it's imperative, I think, now more than ever, that we have ears to hear the God who's speaking to us because if we hear God's voice speaking in our lives in prayer times, it'll replace fear with faith, it'll replace chaos, uh, with uh, calmness. It'll replace confusion with clarity. And your life will forever be changed when you hear God whisper your name. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Father, help us to feel you in our prayer time this week. Maybe we've had an incredibly hectic week like Elijah had. Maybe it's not as bad as that, but maybe it feels that way. And, and God, help us to find those private places of prayer where we can tune our faith to the frequency of your voice 
and we can unplug from all of the distractions and just allow you to speak to us and to minister to us. Father, help us to not neglect hearing your voice because of the noise of the flies that buzz around our head every day and every week. Help us, Father, to hear you. It's so important and so imperative, like it was with Elijah, because when we hear you whisper our name, I believe our lives will never, ever be the same. Father, I believe the earth will shake and hell will quake when your people start hearing you whisper their name. May that be this week, Lord Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in again this week. Maybe come and visit us sometime if you haven't already right here in Kirtland, Ohio at New Promise Church. Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock and 1030. In the 1030 service, we offer children's church for parents with young children. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you again real soon. Thank you.